You are tuned in to the Sparkles and Fairy Lights podcast. Imogen Campbell is your host and she will tackle issues that tend to sneak up on one and wreak havoc on the unprepared midlife soul. First up, perimenopause. If you are in your 20s or 30s, feel free to join the conversation and be ignorant no more. Welcome to the last podcast for the year. I can hardly believe that this is where we're at. Literally staring the blank canvas of a new year in the face was an opportunity to make some dreams come true. Every year, somehow, it feels surreal and still manages to take me by surprise. I can't tell you why. <laughs> but let's dive into today's podcast that I've titled, Let It Go. Let go of what you may ask. Well, there are certain things that are no longer beneficial to our bodies, minds and souls as we age. Number one on the list, consumption of too much alcohol. Oh dear, what a party pooper I am. Why do I say this? First, some background information. South Africa is one of the top 10 wine producing countries in the world and the quality of our wines is definitely not in dispute. We are proud of the vintners and the heritage of wine production passed on over the centuries. The industry did however take a huge hit as a result of COVID-19 but has proven robust and is recovering. I wonder why. <laughs> however on the flip side, statistics in the last decade revealed that our country had one of the worst rates of drunk driving in the world. We have an entrenched culture of heavy drinking so the challenge is not just one of restraint and the fact that individuals deciding to limit consumption are literally required to swim upstream socially. No, but setting that aside, you or a loved one could be a victim of a drunken driver, either severely injured or even succumbing to your injuries as a result. Sobering, isn't it? But why should you as a woman in her 40s specifically reduce consumption? For starters, it has a huge effect on the liver. Catherine O'Keefe of the menopause coaching website Wellness Warrior explains why a favorite triple can turn traitor in midlife. She responds to the question, so what does alcohol do to your liver and your hormones as follows? The liver is our storehouse of antioxidants. Think vitamin C and B vitamins. What is generally unknown is that magnesium and iron are also stored here. These are crucial at any stage in life. Magnesium for the muscles, nervous system, sleep, etc. Iron is stored in the liver as ferritin. Think serum ferritin when you get your blood results. And is essential for energy. Alcohol depletes these stores and therefore depletes your body's reserves of these essential vitamins and minerals. She also mentioned the following notable effects. Men process alcohol through their bodies much faster than women. Our bodies work it through at a slower rate and so the side effects last longer. That's the first point. The second point she made was, alcohol is a depressant. No sugarcoating this one. It's a fact. Drinking alcohol puts added stress on your adrenal glands. It increases the stress hormone cortisol and after an initial rush leaves you feeling low and tired. The last point I want to take from this article that I thought was really worthy of being mentioned is that it heightens the physical symptoms of menopause, especially night sweats, hot flushes and anxiety. 
In relation to anxiety, if you are experiencing any levels of anxiety, Catherine says she would strongly encourage you to minimize alcohol consumption. It is your biggest enemy when you are experiencing anxiety. She mentioned a few more important points and I've linked the article as well as a really great a verbal one in the accompanying blog post. The latter elucidates whether alcohol can affect symptoms of perimenopause. I believe the answer is a resounding yes. Here is what it had to say in a nutshell. Definitely, too much alcohol can trigger hot flashes, induce poor sleep and affect your mood. It can also strip you of nutrients, especially things like calcium and magnesium, which you need a lot of during perimenopause and menopause. Alcohol can affect your joints and increase joint pain, which is already horrible at the best of times. As I said, there is more where that came from. Please feel free to read for yourself. So perhaps after hearing that, reducing consumption of alcoholic beverages doesn't sound too far-fetched after all. That, however, does not mean that you cannot make the most of the occasional tipple and in the process, savor the moment and make the whole experience so much sweeter. I'm aware that aspects of aging are literally a bitter pill to swallow and I'm sometimes so zealous to get the message across. I relay the rather tough fact in a matter-of-fact way. Hopefully we can get through the worst two now and then on to more philosophical ones thereafter. You ready for number two? Well, this one is a no-brainer for me, smoking. As someone who had a father who was a chain smoker and endured passive smoking for most of my childhood, only to see my father fight cancer of the larynx as a result, you know why. Dad eventually lost his larynx and with it his ability to use his voice. Cigarette packaging does not say that smoking can kill you for nothing. But why do people smoke? I have had the privilege of working at a number of organizations over the years. What I've witnessed is that colleagues across the board seem to connect to other smokers in a unique way, and many see it as an important part of their identity. I think drinkers can relate. They appear to be the cool crowd and know the water cooler details first. Teetotalers and health nuts have never quite been in the same league. I'm not sure whether this has changed yet. But are you aware that smoking harms nearly every organ of the body? What is the deal with regard to the effects of smoking that is unique to women? I refer to a smokefree.gov article. Smokefree.gov is a US government initiative to help people to quit smoking. It advised people who smoke are more likely to have certain health issues and get certain diseases compared to those who don't smoke. Some health issues are immediate, while others develop over time. The article mentions specific effects that women need to be aware of as follows. Firstly, reproductive issues. The one that I thought was especially pertinent was that women who smoke go through menopause at a younger age and have worse symptoms. Secondly, respiratory issues. Smokers are more likely than non-smokers to get chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD. This disease makes it hard to breathe and it gets worse over time. There's no cure for COPD. Each year, more women than men die from COPD. Then cardiovascular issues. People who smoke have an increased risk of heart disease, which is the number one cause of death for both women and men in the United States. 
For people under the age of 50, most cases of heart disease are related to smoking. Cancer, that's the fourth one. People who smoke have an increased risk of many cancers, such as lung, pancreatic, kidney, liver, throat, bladder, and collectoral cancers. I hope that this will be an impetus for you and your loved ones to consider ditching this habit. It includes those smoking the hookah pipe as it is also addictive and perhaps even more harmful than cigarettes. There just is no upside to smoking. But if you decide to quit, this is what could happen according to the above mentioned article. I quote, When you become smoke-free, your mind and body will begin to heal immediately. Quitting smoking can improve your mood and give you more energy to do the things you love. It also lowers your risk of getting certain diseases in the future. It's never too late to gain the benefits from quitting. That's good news, I tell you. Now, I'm going to ask you to allow me some self-indulgence, despite the fact that I've just asked you to limit some of yours. Ironic, isn't it? The list that I want to share with you today comprises a few things I need to let go of personally. And I think you'll be able to relate. Well, I hope so. As I've reflected on this, I realize how far I still need to go. But before we dive into the next eight, I would like to share a story of release with you. I'd been carrying a lot of hurt around and perhaps resentment too for some time that I knew I needed to let go of. On a recent extended week in a way, I decided to let it go in a tangible way. I decided to write down what I was letting go of and placed it in a tiny bottle, corked it, and finally, after a simple acknowledgement, released it in the ocean. Early that same day, I had been reflecting on the biblical story of, jo of Joseph, which is one of my favorites, is such a hero to me. Anyway, Vadi Bookamp, the preacher, brought the meaning of the name of Joseph's firstborn son to my attention. He paraphrased the name Manasseh and stated that it meant, let that stuff go. I could not fail to see how it all perfectly aligned and I felt free ever since in that specific area. God had allowed everything to work out just the right way. I'm so glad I did it, but I have some more work to do. That brings me to number three on the list, busting bad thoughts towards myself and others. I believe that most of us are self-aware and know when we are having bad thoughts of or holding grudges towards others. What about the things we tell ourselves? Personally, I need to stop berating myself. I'm my own worst critic. I cannot seem to do anything right in my own eyes sometimes and need to stop beating myself up. I've had it with negative self-talk. Number four on the list, give self-sabotaging beliefs the boot. My biggest issues over the years has been the stubborn belief that I'm not good enough. It has stopped me in my tracks on many occasions. It is something so deeply entrenched in my mindset that I've had to do the work of uprooting it and being vigilant about it whenever it makes its appearance. Then I needed to pick it apart like someone meticulously defusing a bomb, preventing detonation. Yes, that could describe the far-reaching consequences it can have. And no, I'm not talking about pursuing a career as a brain surgeon later on in life. I'm referring to everyday situations, the way my thoughts have hum hamstrung me, not just professionally, but I also developed a propensity for running away from normal tasks sometimes too in the mistaken belief that it has to be done in the right way and my clumsy fingers fumble. Sounds stupid, eh? More about my insecurity later. 
Number five, stop comparing myself to others. It's something I've wildly indulged in over the years, and often it has reinforced this idea that I was not pretty enough, not good enough, not where I needed to be, etc. I've been having a lot of thoughts connected to self-doubt lately. When I see the achievements of other professionals who I regard as having made it, I stand in awe with the belief that I failed and cannot hope to achieve something worthwhile. I've had to check those thoughts of mine and continue to be the best I can be as no two lives are the same and neither are the opportunities as a friend reminded me as well. Perhaps it is time to do some introspection. Define what needs to change and accept where I'm at. What about you? I think that Dr. Anthony Yoon said it best when he said, don't measure your progress using someone else's ruler. I shall have to make more efforts to remember that when the compare yourself curse strikes again. Six, number six on the list is, do not let others dictate your life. This one flows seamlessly from the point above. Sometimes we can be so busy looking at where others are going that we forget to see, we, to see where we are headed ourselves. We are even trying to run in their lane, leaving our lane empty and abandoned. So in awe of them are we, that we even give them carte blanche to take over the driver's seat in our individual lives. We need to keep our eyes on and stay in our lanes and not allow others to tell us where they think we should be going. However, if for various reasons an individual is not sure where they're going, of course the natural progression from that situation is that they would allow others to dictate to them. In the end, people who have no business defining one's life now have the power to affect one's very identity and destiny. A poor crash in the making, to be sure. And probably no one will get out unscathed. Think about that. Sometimes we voluntarily give up our own autonomy and really take time to consider the consequences. I can relate to doing that. Number seven on my list is refuse to give up on your dreams. I'll quote Dr. Steve Mariboli here, and he says, every step towards your dream today is a step away from your regret tomorrow. For me, that is so, so profound. If, like me, you have managed to have these kind of thoughts, it is clear that you may have missed a few stops on the boat of your destiny. Your dreams may seem to be a hazy memory on the back burner of yesteryear, near impossible to achieve. That is sometimes the price we pay when we don't go for it. May I encourage you to pursue your dreams, with a great deal of caution of course, we are no longer 20 you know, but with all the gusto and passion we've got. Number 8 on the list, never waver but have the courage of your convictions. I suppose all of this is linked to having the backbone required in the first place. Knowing the hill you are prepared to die on and sticking with it in the face of severe adversity. I'm not referring to extremism here, or for a moment recommending that advice should not be sought. That's not the case at all. I'm referring to overcoming fear and with the rational mind understanding the landscape in which you find yourself and then making informed decisions about the way forward. If that has been done, not any old wave of fear, discouragement or negativity should knock you off your path. Number 9. Dump 
crippling insecurity. Now, this is a particularly tough one for me. I don't know if you can relate to that feeling of worthlessness. That feeling as though there's a massive neon sign on your head that everyone can see when you're feeling vulnerable and when you feel like you could just be swallowed up. Many things can trigger it. I'm sure you know what triggers you. I do not think that it's a coincidence that I recently came across an article about how people mask their own insecurities. And dare I put it to you that their insecurities could likely trigger yours. The article listed 11 ways that individuals can mask insecurity. Just to be clear, so not only are we dealing with our insecurities, but we should understand that most of us have found ways to mask it as well. And this can cause so much damage to our relationships. The mask mentioned in the article are as follows. Some are self-explanatory and others will need more of an explanation to clarify meaning. And I will expound as I did necessary. I recognize myself in at least one or two as I've become quite adroit at masking it. And you may encounter it in others too. Here goes. Number one is the martyr or victim mask. Number two is the bully mask. Number three is the humor mask. Number four is the calm mask. And obviously it's not something that's coming from within. It's you, you are projecting this calm that's not inside. Then the overachieving mask. So if you are wearing the overachieving mask, you may strive for perfection. Anyone using this mask might hope to gain acceptance and praise for doing things perfectly. In this case, self-esteem relies too heavily on being perfect, which means you might internalize any mistake. The need for perfection can also cause a constant state of anxiety. I relate to this one. But the perfectionism thing is not unique to this mask. Let's continue. Then you get the self-bashing mask and then you get the avoidant mask, number seven. The avoidant mask involves withdrawing into yourself for fear of rejection and judgment of your mistakes. The controlling mask. The controlling mask wearer strives for a different type of perfection. If you use this mask, you will try to control everything around you so you can achieve a sense of security. The people-pleasing mask is number nine. If you wear a people-pleasing mask, your self-esteem depends on the acceptance from others. You may often go out of your way to make sure that other people around you are happy. The socializer mask, this one, if you wear the socializer mask, you will use your ability to talk with anyone to mask insecurity. Though you may have many acquaintances, you may not have any meaningful friends because you keep conversations from going too deep. The last mask, number 11, is the conformist mask. If you wear the conformist mask, you seek to follow what everyone else around you is doing. You're desperate for acceptance and will follow cues from others in social groups you want to belong to. Um, it's a, it was a Psych Central um, article and I am going to link it in the blog as well. I just thought that this one was quite profound because here's why. I think that this masking of the dreaded insecurity is so dangerous. It destroys vulnerability and one's ability to draw close to others. Simply because there's a barrier that, though one is unable to put a finger on it, it is clear that something palpable is blocking it. I believe it prevents true authenticity and enjoyment. What do I mean? Sometimes we're so busy rearranging our masks. We have no time to be in the moment and savor that once in a lifetime spontaneous occasion. 
It is possible that we can lose out on special moments and deepening friendships. Instead, we find ourselves responding superficially, trying to be perfect or right, and end up profoundly lonely. These days, being uniquely you is so hard anyway, and swimming upstream against the torrent of superficiality can be so exhausting. Dr. Anthony Yoon, a board-certified plastic surgeon, ironically seems to have nailed this thing on the head as well. And as another gem that I would like to use here, you were born to be real, not to be perfect. And what about that notable line from, Col from the Colin Firth movie, What a Girl Wants, in which the character Ian asks, why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out? Believe you me, that particular one resonated as only truth can when it hits you. Can you relate? Imagine being a people pleaser, hanging out with a controller and any of the other combinations. It's no wonder that building meaningful relationships is so hard. I plan on being a lot more vigilant about identifying this. 10. And last on the list is banish small dream mentality. Dare to dream big. I don't think that this will be a surprise to anybody. If you have a few of the traits I mentioned previously on the list, you may have very little confidence to believe in your dreams and rather play it safe with what you believe you are capable of instead of fully exploring what's been placed inside of you. I plan to stop cowering in fear, look life squarely in the face this new year and see what miracles can happen. What about you? As the year 2022 draws to an end, I want to end today's podcast with the lyrics of Natasha Bedingfield's song, Unwritten. I think it is particularly apt considering what has been covered today and how the podcast started. Here goes. I am unwritten. Can't read my mind. I'm undefined. I'm just beginning. The pen's in my hand, ending unplanned. Staring at the blank page before you, open up the dirty window. Let the sun illuminate the words that you could not find. Reaching for something in the distance, so close you can almost taste it. Release your inhibitions. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can speak the words on your lips. Drench yourself in words unspoken. Live your life with arms wide open. Today's where your book begins. The rest is still unwritten. Oh, oh, oh. I break tradition. Sometimes my tries are outside the lines. We've been conditioned to make mistakes. We've been conditioned to not make mistakes. But I can't live that way. Staring at the blank page before you. Open up the dirty window. Let the sun illuminate the words that you could not find. Reaching for something in the distance, so close you can almost taste it. Release your inhibitions, feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you, only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can speak the words on your lips. Drench yourself in words unspoken. Love your life with arms wide open. Today is where your book begins. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you, only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can speak the words on your lips, drench yourself in words unspoken, live your life with arms wide open. Today's where your book begins, the rest is still unwritten. 
staring at the blank page before you. Open up the dirty window. Let the sun illuminate the words that you could not find. Reaching for something in the distance. So close you can almost taste it. Release your inhibitions. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can speak the words on your lips. Change yourself in words unspoken. Live your life with arms wide open. Today is where your book begins. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can speak the words on your lips. Strange yourself in words unspoken. Live your life with arms wide open. Today is where your book begins. The rest is still unwritten. The rest is still unwritten. The rest is still unwritten. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's where it ends. Thank you for joining me. It's been great. I'll see you in 2023. Next Tuesday at 3 UTC. God bless. Thank you for lending an ear. If you are new, consider subscribing. And if you feel inclined, please leave a review or let me know your thoughts on Facebook or Twitter.